Welcome to Let's Set Your Table, the food service and hospitality podcast that brings you the experts, trending news, and product reviews from across the industry. So grab a chair with your hosts and join us as we set your table. In episode five, Nick D and I visit with Ken Frazier, Southeast Regional Manager with Eco Products. Ken shares with us what's new in 2022 in the industry with compostable packaging and how Eco Products is handling the crazy demand for sustainable products. He shares with us how Eco Products separates themselves as a leader in the green space and from their competition. He breaks down and shares what are PFAS's and what does the operator need to know about them in their operation. He further explains what's the difference between biodegradable versus compostable and the increased accessibility to composting facilities in the marketplace today. Ken shares what the Eco Products Core Bundle is and what it's comprised of for your packaging needs and how they are back offering customized various PLA cup sizes and what the ordering specs are for them. Ken also shares some advice on how to get started with Eco Products and offers product samples and encourages you to thoroughly test their products to see how it performs and why Eco Products is the right choice for you. So if you thought of going green and if it's the right option for you, then pull up a chair and give this episode a listen because it's all right here on the table. Welcome all to yet another episode of Let's Set Your Table. I'm your host, John D. And today I'm joined by my returning co-host, Nick D. Welcome, Nick. Hey, thanks for being here. Super good to be back in the studio with you. Well, it's great to have you always and love to do these in studio. And sometimes we have to we have to rely on other platforms, but uh, it's good to have you with me today here. So anyway, Nick, you uh, want to do our sponsor read to get this show kicked off? Absolutely. So today's sponsor, as always, is the Hody Group and the Hody Group showroom. Uh, the Hody Group is a food service and hospitality broker who's been in the industry for over 40 years. And we have the privilege of having a showroom space in downtown Chicago with over 3,000 square feet, boasting some of the most amazing lines in the industry. And we're super, super grateful for that and uh, very appreciative of that opportunity. And if uh, you or anyone you know has a need, um, please reach out to us at hodigroup.com or to schedule your uh, appointment at the showroom, go to hodigroupshowroom.com. And one of our amazing consultants amazing. and brokers will get with you to help you through your needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Nick, it's been some time since we last checked in with Eco Products in yep. episode five today. Um, we're going to revisit with them. But during our very first episode, when we kicked off Let's Set Your Table podcast, we caught up with one of the Eco Products professionals, Wayne Kokoritz, yep. and he provided a state of green and uh, from the eco products perspective, and we discussed with Wayne zero waste initiatives. And for those of you listening, if you want more information on that zero waste and zero waste and what it can do for your operation, please check out episode one. And we'll drop that link uh, in the show notes for you. Make that pretty easy for you. We will. So there's been some new updates from the company, which leads us to today's guest and our discussion at the table this morning in studio today. Joining Nick and I is our very good friend, Ken Frazier. Ken is the Southeast Regional Manager with Eco Products and has been with the company for over how many years now, Ken? Well, it's 13 going on 14. Well, 14 long years, but probably wonderful years. Ken has been a great teacher for us in the green packaging movement and sustainability. Welcome, Ken, to the table. 
Well, thank you, uh, John and Nick. It's always a pleasure to be here. It's always a pre- pleasure to help catch up on where the industry is and what's going on. And it's uh, been a part of my life for many years. And I've been in the industry as itself uh, for really right around 40 years. And probably the most impactful has been these uh, last 13 to 14 years with Eco Products. Well, I can tell you, we've you've taught us a lot. And oh, yeah. I just absolutely love having you with us. And, um, you know, you, you just live the passion and, and we respect that because this is some great, great times for us with the green, green and sustainable movement. It's fantastic. So, Ken, um, tell us again, just to recap, what does EcoProduct do and what value do you bring operators and for their operation just in case they didn't know? Well, EcoProducts has been around since uh, 1990. Uh, it started as a very small, when nobody ever spoke the words of compostability, biodegradability, uh, you know, uh, moving products from away from landfills. It was a very young and unexplored uh, avenue of disposables and packaging at that time. Um, and again, a lot has changed in these uh, 30 some odd years. So as far as where we're going, how we started, and, and the movement forward, there's been a lot of changes. And uh, especially as we look past this uh, coming out of these last two and a half years mm. through COVID and all the changes in the industry itself, uh, Eco Products has is still emerging and growing. And we have seen many, many major shifts in the food service industry uh, when it comes to packaging. So there's a lot of exciting news to share today. Well, with that being said, Ken, uh, and that great news and a lot of things have been going on, um, what's the current state of compostable packaging right now uh, in our industry in 2022 after coming through the last couple of years uh, and very crucial years, as we all know what mm-hmm. took place then. And how is Eco Products handling this crazy demand now uh, for sustainable products? Well, there's a lot of um, facets to that question. A lot of factors that have affected uh, change. Some things initially temporarily slowing everything down and almost like an entire reset. I look at it as a reset of the industry. Uh, where do people want to go? What can, and it really turned out to be more of, you know, what can we get our hands on more than anything else because of all the major supply chain shortages and all of that. It really was a challenge. Um, what I can say has happened, though, in those two to two and a half years, the growth of, of our industry on the sustainability size was massive. Um, and I, I can't explain to you exactly what, what happened because I think everyone's thought would be people were going to recoil back because it would have been the easy thing to do to go back to foams and plastics and all of that kind of thing. But we saw a real resurgence toward you know, the basic stuff, you know, containers and clamshells and, you know, cups, whatever they can get their hands on that was still telling the right message. So I can I can honestly say we were pleased to see that and not see a reversal of where we were headed because the industry 
prior to COVID was very robust, very much growing, uh, a lot of innovation and changes. You know, the, the, the COVID pandemic and the supply chain issues slowed everything down, but almost to, a, I feel, a good sense to where everyone was able to rethink, relook, reexamine, retool, uh, to be able to now go forward with better ideas and improvements to product lines and so forth and additions to come. So I think mm-hmm. in, in many respects, this, uh, the crazy demand for sustainable products is here. It's growing exponentially. And um, Eco Products is gr- glad and really honored to be a part of that. Absolutely. Well, we're honored to represent you, and we always have been, and uh, it's just been a, a great run, and what a great recap for the last two and a half years. Could I just, That was fantastic. Ken, could you share maybe just a one or two success stories that you've had from customers where you've had a great impact and your company has had a great impact uh, to their green commitment and their initiatives as a corporation or as a group? Well, we've have several. You know, again, we Eco Products operates on a national USA level, Canadian level, uh, overseas, the Caribbean, uh, in Europe as well. And uh, in those times, uh, we have seen a continual growth and aggressive move in that direction. So, you know, as far as you know, successes go, you know, still national chains have come on board. Uh, Concepts that are developing fresher foods, better food options, healthier food options, um, that has allowed them to marry again, as we did before the pandemic, marrying the packaging to the food and marrying the concept and mission statement of healthier choices, better uh, choices at the, at the counter of what you're going to eat, putting that in packaging that holds up that statement by the operator. We've seen that throughout the industry in, again, national chains, even down to the small mom and pops. It hasn't affected that. And so we're proud to say that, you know, we, in, in spite of the difficulty of supply, we were able to keep up with, uh, as well as we could with, with uh, at the time, you know, keeping up with the demands uh, that the operators and end users have had. Well, that's a credit to them that they've made that commitment, because as we all know here, mm-hmm. the hardest thing for us to get that operator to do is make that commitment. You know, a lot of people talk about it, and their operational staff talk about it, but it's another to do it and to actually roll that out. So I think it's a it's a conversation that is sometimes um, uncomfortable, um, but it's an important one. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, especially for those of you who are listening that may be in the same boat, um, you know, you don't really know how to take that step and, and how to make it possible. And that's where I feel like using... Um, uh, resources like us at the Hody Group that can maybe That's help right. you through other categories to find savings would really benefit uh, your operation to where you can take this step that is important to your uh, your group. And, and we've done that. We actually have ways. And stay tuned to our future episodes because we're going to talk a lot about how to save operationally to purchase packaging and services that Eco Products offers. And, um, and Ken, in your conversation, you mentioned so far that um, a lot has happened over, over these last couple of years. And I think one 
that has uh, shown us is that um, through the need to uh, diversify and uh, companies that maybe didn't have a uh, sustainable packaging line came on board during the pandemic. Um, so as a representative of eco products, um, what separates eco products from these new green competitors or uh, ones that have been in the industry for some time? Well, again, another good question with a lot of facets to it. <laughs> yeah, and, right. and I appreciate that. And, and just thinking about what you're asking me here, you know, I think probably one of the largest um, strengths of eco products in the industry is our longevity um, and maturity in the industry. We've had boots on the ground for a long time and gathering information, uh, examining and testing and looking at what is needed in the industry. We are a go-to company for all the big major contracted businesses that, you know, work on colleges and university campuses, hospitals, it goes on and on and on. We are who they come to because they're looking for solutions. And we have the capacity, the largest capacity, actually of any company of its kind uh, on a national basis and even worldwide. Uh, Eco Products is the number one leader in this industry and is continuing to move further and further deeper into that direction and expanding its capabilities. So um, I think as far as what we are, what we do, what we can do is continuing to evolve and how we interact with end users, how we listen to, we have a team. Again, uh, as I've shared in the past, we just don't make green stuff. We are in, uh, in those composting facilities. We are working with haulers. We are working with the, this new, young, uh, vibrant expansion of, of, of allowing food waste, yard waste, and uh, compostable packaging to be processed and put into that state of compost that could be added back to gardens, all of those things, and, and into uh, farms, all of the things that we have been touting since 1990 are so strongly coming into realization today. And again, we have a whole team of PZWs, mm -hmm. product zero waste managers mm -hmm. that go out and they know the legislation region by region, state by state, local municipality by local municipality, so that for operators and, and those in the, those markets are keenly can be made aware of what they have available for them to help close that loop, which has always been the goal of eco products. Again, not to just make this stuff, but to close the loop so that it has an end of life solution. Yeah. And one more question, just to piggyback off of what you said, Ken, um, can you talk a little bit about the separation from other companies where uh, talk about the marketing that goes with um, when you buy a piece of eco products, what does the marketing come behind that? What, what comes with that? The marketing services. services. Right. Well, that's, we have in our catalog, we have on our website, we have the pillars of who we are and what we offer. And again, just to quickly say what those are, customer-focused solutions, innovation, our bundle, advocacy, and services. 
under those services, those are where we have such so much strength where our marketing department to create signage, to go in and make sure people understand how to separate the signs that go on there. What are they using? We want to know, are you using a Coca-Cola cup? Are you using a Pepsi cup? You know, so we pick all the right pieces and pictures to make sure that because people easily can follow a photograph versus them seeing it. Oh, put your plate here, put your, your water glass here or your bottle here. When you show a picture with an arrow going into the can, it makes it a lot easier. I mean, we offer so many services at no charge because our goal is to educate, familiarize, not only, you know, the operator, but also to help familiarize and educate their constituents that come in and buy their food and then to uh, on a broader scale where outside of that people are seeing something happening you know the general public becomes more aware that there is a real solution here to our waste and and this is the best way to go so yes marketing is something eco products has very heavy on its uh, uh, roster for being successful well i want to share a quick success story, Ken, that you and I had early on in our career together when we worked as um, we were coming up through uh, the green sustainable movement and making inroads. We worked with a healthcare facility out in the Carolinas. And um, we not only talk, we, we, we don't just talk the talk, we walk the walk. And i um, so proud to be part of this because at that time, when working with that healthcare facility, you and I, we talked about boots on the ground. We actually went there we set up tables. We did an in, in-house at the cafeteria, this very, very large uh, healthcare system up in the Carolinas. We actually had their, um, their staff and their physicians and their healthcare professionals literally come through the cafeteria looking, touching, feeling our packaging. And we went through that whole evolution of getting them started. And boy, did we. And we turned that cafeteria over with number of SKUs in our packaging and what success we had and how proud I was that we were there representing this facility and, and our brand to help them go more toward the, towards that sustainable packaging. In fact, we replaced foam packaging. Absolutely. And, and that was, I, I remember that time very well. And it was amazing. Some came forward from the cafeteria that were, extremely like this is something we've wanted for so long and we were they were all excited then there were others that like wow I really learned something today I had no idea this kind of product was out there I now I understand how important this is and oh we we want to keep this going so those are the types of conversions I call them that are so exciting and make have always made this you know when you see the light go on in someone's head and understand uh, to a a better degree what this is all about then you know we're on the road to success Uh, two words biodegradable and compostable two words that are very confused and mistaken by people Um, so to clear things up we have Ken here (laughs) Ken what is the difference between biodegradable and compostable. Well, they they're the similarities between them. I think are what people confuse. Um, 
Biodegradable is an industry word that we have heard for a long, long time. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, distribution partners that are out there selling products use that in their third line descriptions. Um, and we've worked at trying to make that change. So they stop using that word. Biodegradable is a very broad brush. And um, like I've always told people at shows, and well, this is biodegradable. And I always say, well, we all are biodegradable. I'm biodegradable. This table is biodegradable. The chair that I'm sitting on is biodegradable. Because eventually, over time, where biodegrading does not give a definitive time span of, you know, end of life, it could be hundreds of years it could be thousands of years mm-hmm. depending on what the substrate is made out of and how and where its conditions are um, so it, it's it's a broad term and unfortunately in the industry with sustainable packaging there are companies that we, well to use that word to I, not, not purposely maybe deceive but to kind of skirt the main issue okay where compostability has a time frame. Um, To be compostable means it needs to break down. It needs to be broken down into components that can be added to and or create a new substrate that has benefits to society, has benefits to the earth, you know, has benefits to a farmer or to a landscaper or whatever. Yeah. Where biodegradability, you know, I don't think if I wanted to wait a thousand years for my chair to break down so that they can somehow mix that into my soil at my farm, I don't think that's what we're looking at here. Biodegradability and, and it always gets mixed up when it comes to landfills versus composting facilities because the again eventually things in that landfill will degrade over most likely thousands of years not even hundreds but it's not the type of facility or environment scientifically that will do that job it's void of moisture it's void of oxygen it's void of microorganisms organisms for the most part and it's more problematic compostability uh, which is what we are advocating is where we say the dirtier and sloppier the packaging is that is compostable it's been inoculated and ready to roll it's ready to degrade it's ready to break down we want to send that and mix that with uh, yard waste. We want to mix that with all the other organic ingredients and allow Mother Nature to break it down so that it can be resold or reused and repurposed in a much greater way. Because again, a lot of facets to what's going on on our planet and in our farmlands and in general, you know, we have a huge loss of of topsoil. We have a huge loss of nutrition and value into our soils, and we need to be putting back into it mm-hmm. n- other things other than phosphates and nitrogen and chemicals Correct. that we're processing. So Mother Nature works best when she has her own recipe, yeah. and that's what we're all about, is adding to her recipe. Could you give us, in those listening, a quick update on compostability, and what's the accessibility like in the marketplace has it gotten better absolutely um it's so funny you know if we go back to 1990 if you said there's a composting facility is there one in my area people go well, what you know what is a composting yeah, facility yeah. 
today, nationally, again, this has begun to get the attention. You know, if there's a way of processing food waste with disposables and yard waste and making money, capital venture companies are popping up everywhere. There are phenomenal, and I think Wayne probably has alluded to this when he was in your prior podcast talking about zero waste and facilities. He he did. They're Mm -hmm. growing everywhere, all over the United States, all over in Europe. It is not a niche market anymore. It is expanding and growing. It is a moneymaker. In, in again, if you're going to do something, we're not, people aren't just doing this to save the planet, but they're wanting to make a living and they can make a living. And, you know, it, it adds to the value of what's being done. And, and again, the expansion of this industry is happening all over. And as legislation through our municipal government, state, you know, mandates and whatever, Mm -hmm. it is forcing and steering the industry to expand and grow in order to accommodate that. Because long term, every state, every municipality needs to begin to take responsibility for its waste. And instead of just Mm -hmm. throwing it in, in a pile, covering it over with dirt, then throwing some grass on it and calling it a hill or mm-hmm. a mountain, you know, or it's Mount good. Trashmore. It's yeah. not the solution going forward anymore. So uh, again, it's an industry that has been been expanding very rapidly, especially in the last five years. Well, I know I'll never look at and have never looked at trash the same way again after working with Ken for almost, well, a little over eight years now. That'll happen. We've been together. It It does. It does happen. Actually, it's rolled over into our home with my wife. She doesn't look at trash the same way again. That's what she gets for living with me. However, uh, Ken, this is an industry of buzzwords and acronyms. And uh, in the green space, you know, we hear a lot about this acronym called PFAS. What are PFAS's or what is PFAS and what does the operator need to know about PFAS? Well, like in every industry, as it grows and matures, uh, things begin to surface and more understanding and knowledge of processes and additives and things like that. As you know, you know, um, PFAS are actually very common and normal uh, chemical agents that are found throughout life throughout our world and but there's complex PFAS polyfluorine additives that's what they are polyfluorine additives some are very complex some are very simple a lot of the the simple PFAS polyfluorines are additives that are put in all types of uh, molded fiber and or fiber packaging. Okay. It is a additive that it's a binding agent. Uh, it helps to, uh, give rigidity to a container or a plate or a cup. It, it also adds grease resistance. It gives some pushback so that, you know, something doesn't soak right through. So polyfluorines have been a major part of the industry for a long, long time. So what has happened, though, is the deeper dive into polyfluorines is 
on the on the larger scale, the more complex ones, like the ones you have on a fry pan, you know, for making that egg not stick and it slides right off. And it and your carpeting, carpeting is full of more complex PFAS for stain master resistance and all of that because it it doesn't allow things to stick to it. Well, those are being those fibers and PFAS are being found throughout the world in our oceans, in our soils, in our clothes. It's all in our clothing. Most of our clothing is made of some type of a synthetic, you know, and again, they put PFAS in there for stain resistance and all of that. We're familiar with those buzzwords that have been advertised, but long-term and deeper dives into these more complex PFAS have discovered that they can be carcinogenic. They can be harmful. So with that said, let's differentiate the two. There's the simpler PFAS, and then there's the complex. The, the industry as a whole with compostables and or any kind of paper plate or whatever, even if it's not compostable, a lot of times PFAS are used, the simpler ones, and are FDA approved and all of that. But as any industry, why not? do get rid of it entirely let's not play around with pfos simple pfos complex and let's let's move away from that to uh, a additives that are approved meet all the capabilities and all of those things so pfos are now being looked at this was prior to covid it was becoming much more of a a centerpiece to look at and then with covid everything kind of stopped but now that covid's passed you know, in that regard, for the most part, um, you know, it's back. And mm-hmm. people are, the legislations on state levels, uh, local levels, are looking at, we want to eliminate this entirely. So that is something prior to COVID, and actually it was two years prior to COVID, Eco Products was already involved in their R&D to develop formulations that meet all the criteria of, and this is what it is, less than 100 parts per million 100 parts per million and we have various types of certifications to make sure the biggest one is bpi the bioproducts institute they're the ones that are driving this pfos free and it's never a hundred percent free free but it has to fall into that 100 parts per million which is not a whole lot because that's almost like what's natural in nature so with that said that's where eco products was ahead of that curve with covid things delayed but now we're back where we are moving toward an entire product line to replace all of our fiber products with PFAS free that are BPI certified, tested, tied, and true to be 100 parts per million or less. And that's going to be a game changer in this industry. When Nick, you were asking me earlier about our competitors, everyone, if they're going to fall under that compliance, has to prove that their products are that. And that means they have to be tested by that third party BPI to say that they are that. So yeah, very important. So important. And that, that knowledge and that education that we just heard, um, we hope it's a benefit and for all the, of, of all of those of you that are listening, because uh, a lot of this doesn't get passed down and you don't hear about it this until um, local municipalities or they come knocking on your door saying, hey, you need to be this compliant by this date and you don't know what to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Ken, let's talk specifically now about green packaging. Um, we realized that prior to the pandemic with Eco Products, there was a very robust portfolio of packaging choices at your company. We understand that you guys have narrowed down some of your SKUs to, quote unquote, the best sellers. How has this changed your portfolio of packaging options and what does a core bundle look like today? Well, a good question. And again, another question that has progression to go forward with, with that said. Um, again, during the pandemic, during the major collapse of all a already very delicate and sensitive supply chain worldwide, it wasn't just a, a USA problem, this is a worldwide problem. It was already very delicate and, and very uh, difficult to work with. Um, the pandemic just brought about more problems. So what we were forced to do, and I think most uh, manufacturers were forced to do, is to to scale down their bundle to what we called our core bundle, the most popular, most valued items to be sold in order to move food in packaging for to-go programs, college campuses, hospitals, universities, you name it. Um, so the p- things on the periphery of that, let's like you brought up earlier, John, the worldview line, which is mm-hmm. totally dedicated to um, packaging for on-the-go, grab-and-go. Um, and in there, you have smaller pieces and components that go with those larger bowls, larger rectangles, larger ovals with lids and all of that. Some of those, because they weren't the biggest mover, we put into what I call temporary suspension because we needed, because of the container issues overseas, um, you know, we had to make room for the items that needed were needed most. And for production, when you had factories closing down because of illness and all of that, that added to the complexity of getting products made. So, so the core bundle was is probably 200 and some odd items of what we would consider, you know, in your hot cups, cold cups, uh, you know, uh, grab and go, plateware, dinnerware, you know, uh, things like that, that were the big movers and had the highest volume, they were given precedence over anything else to be made and to fit on a container to get over here. Now that we're seeing improvements to container fulfillment or seeing improvements to the factories working at full capacity, we're, we're beginning to see where that's going to change. So so as far as core bundle, that's what our core bundle is right now. As far as with the future of that bundle, it will expand once again. Okay, so for those listening, if you'd like to check out the core bundle and uh, the guide that we have, and uh, just let us know here at the Hody Group. And uh, all of our contact information is in the show notes below. If yeah, you'd like to request that. We'll drop that link. No, we'll the drop, they're even better. Core bundle link. We'll drop notes. that link. There you go. Just to make it easier for everybody listening. That way you guys can browse uh, as soon as this episode is over. Um, But Ken, as you talked about the core bundle, one of the products that um, was part of that and uh, for a time was experiencing um, some shortages across the industry were the PLA cups and PLA in general. Um, Have those made a comeback and are they now more readily available from eco products. Absolutely. In fact, again, from this pandemic, a lot of uh, 
R&D on our side is looking at what can we begin to move, especially with what we experienced because of supply chain issues and container issues and all of that and ocean freight is what can we bring domestically to the United States? Well, our PLA cups uh, are actually all, well, our 9, 12, 16s, 20s, and 24s, and, and lids and so far, they're all being made here in Chattanooga, beautiful Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, we have a large supply of the resins, and so we are producing, and we have a full supply. We have been back on board, I would say, for the last, oh, at least three or four months now, mm-hmm. with strong supply on those core type of PLA cups. Um, so, and again, in the green stripe, but now we just added back our ability to customize those cups. Eco Products has invested a $5 million into a brand new state-of-the-art high-speed printer that is in Chattanooga being installed, but they also are printing now. So we are actually taking orders, again, with parameters. And again, I think that'll be listed, John, on your site. What are our minimums? What are the requirements for that? And uh, we are printing now, I can very quickly say, up to six colors. Our MOQs are 90-plus cases, and uh, the lead times are around eight weeks. So oh, that's not bad Yeah, at that's all. not bad at all. And uh, at so all. we're really excited to ramp up and move uh, into that a domestically made PLA cup that is, bar none, one of the best in the industry. Absolutely. I, I agree. We see that, and, and I think this is so timely and so great that while everything was going on the last few years, Eco Products was working on this because uh, during the shortages, even before COVID with PLA across the globe, a lot of um, uh, golf courses, um, hospitality venues um, loved these cups and we loved selling these cups and they're great. And now the fact that they're back, I think it's a lot of business that people are looking forward to, you know, bringing back in and and, and again, what I think we're even most proud of is that we can say they're USA made. Oh, that's, and we have, especially in my yeah. region of the Southeast, Huge. when you tell people they're made in Tennessee, everybody gets excited because Absolutely. It, is, it is great to see that, again, from difficulties like a pandemic and supply chain, it really forces an industry to re-examine itself. And I think that's where we are. And uh, we're looking at doing more and more as much as we would make sense and can do bringing things domestically made here on this continent. So Ken, what, what tips or advice uh, would you have for that operator that may be listening and on the fence, whether or not to build his or her packaging bundle? How do you think that operator makes that decision? Is it a, is it just financial? No, it is not. It, it is an, it, it's a little of everything. Again, multifaceted question with multifaceted answers. Um, you know, it, it really depends on what's important to you. Do you and what you as an operator know about your patrons? What do they want? What do they care about? Um, what is your menu? What is what is it that you're selling? Are you changing your menu to healthier type of choices, or are you looking at you know just rebranding yourself and, and to capture a, a younger, different demographic? There's a lot of parts to this, but I always tell people you can't always base it on the per unit cost because the cost could be 
if you continue to do what you've always done because you think it's cheaper, who are you missing coming in that door? What demographic are you turning away because someone who has a similar concept to yours might be using compostable packaging and people perceive that, well, these folks believe like I believe. These folks think like I think. So I would rather support them. So I'm not saying, you know, if you continue to use the standard foams and plastics that you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, branded off into purgatory in, in the industry. But, but it's time, I think, for everyone to really rethink what are they doing? Why are they doing it? And what is, is it worth the cost? Because it, it, again, these items do cost more because it's not an industry that has been around for a very long time. But we have to look at the big picture. And I think as an operator, when you, wherever you're located, if you're an oceanfront or a waterfront, riverfront restaurant, and you have you, you look out on the dock and people come and say, oh my God, there's, there's all this foam and plastic mm-hmm. laying in the water brushing up against my boat. Or, you know, you see things like that. Or you hear people complain, wouldn't it make sense to, for you to advertise and to, to share with the public that you do care? You, you value your environment, you value where you're located, and you value your customers to say, I'm not going to add any more of that to those resources that we, we enjoy so much. So I guess in, in many respects, I think it, it really is an emotional thing. Um, there's ways of looking at the financial costs, which as the Hody group, these guys are well-trained on how and options that you have uh, to look at because of cost and, you know, scaling down your bundle, you know, to, to key items that would cost, you know, total, maybe the same or a little less. There's a lot of options here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll, and I'll share this with those listening. If you don't think that there's plastics in our environment, and there's a better choice. If you've walked your beaches lately, I don't care if mm. it's out west or out east, along our coastlines, and along what blo- what blows down and flows down the rivers, take a look. Absolutely. In fact, I've raised my children to be outdoorsmen, and we love to be in the outdoors. That's part of what worked for us as a family. It really does make me sick to see how much pollution and plastics and this packaging blows around and flows in our oceans, rivers, and streams. Yep. So and we learned all about that from Ken. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've we've done some we've done some public workshops, we and we've yeah. we've um, the Plastic Age is still on YouTube. I'm sure you can oh. find it if so, you have the stomach for it. It's a, it's a great video. Uh, and if you want to check it out, yeah, we should drop that also in the show notes yeah. uh, as a link. That? that was by Pharrell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and he actually came out with a clothing line that had recycled um, oh, yeah. water bottles, which is Reprieve, right? right. And there's and Four Ocean. If anyone's uh, there's uh, it pops up on your your uh, internet. Four Ocean is another one. They go out and actually capture a lot of plastics and turn it into other things, jewelry and so forth. And very active, uh, and a lot of young people 
are, are drawn to that because they want to make a difference. They're not out there protesting. They're not out there, you know, screaming at someone's restaurant who uses foam. But it's the little things that add up to big change. And those are one of the companies that do that. And in episode one, uh, Wayne Kokeritz, uh, your product and zero waste specialist said, hey, we've got one shot at this. Mm-hmm. We yeah. better get it Absolutely. right. Absolutely, So true. Absolutely. It's, a, it's a bold statement to be made, but it's, it's very true. Can what would be the next step for an operator that is maybe ready to make a decision or they want to just experience more of what eco products has to offer for, um, the lineup. Um, what's your position on testing and sampling? Do you offer that to to customers? Uh, I always, always, always recommend let's kick the tires. Let's test. Uh, I'm more than ever happy to send in full sleeves, whatever of products that you feel would be beneficial to you. So that, again, like anything, you need to try your menu items on the right products that will work for you. Sure. And at no charge, we send those to you. Again, your broker sales reps uh, in market can help support what you want to do with that and help you make those decisions. So, again, I think it's important menu item-wise to to look at. And I, I would even say to an operator, find some of your better customers that you would say, hey, I'd like you to take this item home tonight in this container. Tell me what you think, you know, and get their feedback. You know, your people who love your restaurants, loves your love wherever whatever your concept might be you know you value their opinion i i i suggest very strongly working with your better patrons to to get their feedback so that you feel comfortable in what you're doing because you may have some that like it you may have some that don't but overall i think if they understand why you're doing it and the direction you're going i bet you more than anything they'll be supportive of that absolutely yep and if if you do need samples, please reach out to us at the Hody Group. We have coverage in most of the uh, the country, and uh, please just reach out, and we'd be happy to uh, discuss your packaging needs with you and yeah. your, your opportunity. And we'll get it taken care of for you, that's for sure. Well, Ken, thanks so much. What a what an informative episode and session this has been. Uh, Ken, always a pleasure. We learned so much from you. You are a credit to your profession and industry, sir. Well, thank you very much. And, and again, it's, it's all about change. It's all about education. It's all about closing the loop. And that's why I'm here. And that's why I love what I do. And I, and I love working with you guys. You guys are phenomenal. Well, it, it shows. Thanks, and we, we appreciate that compliment, too. Thank you. Well, we're going to have to leave it right here, folks. It's all the time we have for you today. If you'd like to reach out to any of us here at the Hody Group or Ken Frazier at Eco Products, please check out our show notes for our contact information attached to this podcast. Also, please like, follow, and share the Let's Set Your Table podcast. And if you're so moved, we would be grateful that you would leave us a positive review on Google, Spotify, or Apple. We encourage you to send us your feedback, questions, or any topics perhaps that you have an interest in or would like to discuss. And we'll see you next time right here at Let Us Set Your Table. Please join us again for another episode of Let's Set Your Table. If you would like more information, samples, or would like to consult with the Hody Group, visit thehodygroup.com. That's H-O-D-E group.com.